Welcome to CryptoCast by Gunnar Cook, the leading industry podcast that brings together expert guests to discuss hot topics and useful advice for blockchain and crypto asset businesses. I am James Burney, and thank you for joining me today. Hello and welcome to another episode of CryptoCast. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by Simon Chava, Chief Commercial Officer at Spooldale. Hi, Simon. It's great to have you on. Hey, thank you so much for having me, James. It's a real pleasure. So just in terms of giving you a bit of background as, as to um, Spooldale, can you give us a bit of background as to what Spooldale does and, and what it is? Certainly. Spooldale is really the first provider of on-chain fixed income uh, strategy management for the new Web3 investment age. So Spool is providing basically all of the backend infrastructure, a financial services company or any professional player needs in order to set up portfolios that are self-executing, that take out all the discretion of active portfolio management on-chain. So for example, if you're a bank or if you're an exchange and you want to start working in Web3 and start building fixed income products, for example, like some of our partners are major regulated banks and asset managers, we offer them the software. We're basically fund management software for the Web3 decentralized age. And it's interesting how you phrase yourself to DAO because, of course, that's in some ways a quite contentious term. Do you have views as to kind of what, what do we actually do we mean by a DAO? Because we're noticing some of your marketing talks about becoming a true DAO rather than a sort of maybe a fake DAO or something like that. Can you give a bit of an idea as to what you see a, a true DAO really being? Certainly. I think that's actually a pretty big question because I guess, highly ideological in a time where we're missing clear definitions because it's still so early. So the idea with the DAO, it's short for Decentralized Autonomous Organization. Now, you've got three parts of that, right? It's an organization, meaning uh, many people work on a common goal together. Then it's uh, decentralized, which means uh, no single party is controlling it. But there's, of course, degrees of uh, centralization and decentralization. And then there's autonomy. Now, that's, uh, for me, one of the biggest question marks because there's different ways of being autonomous. There's uh, the ways of governance that is happening on-chain, executing itself also on-chain. There's plenty of parts that are off-chain for every DAO, for every organization in Web3 that you can't properly make autonomous. So our idea with the true DAO is basically having an unstoppable application in the software field that is built by contributors from around the world, so decentralized, and also controlled by broadly diverse and uh, decentralized uh, crowd of owners, basically, because governance happens on-chain, votes happen on-chain, everyone that has governance power can participate and can make decisions. And these decisions then have to be executed on by the contributors that are working for the DAO. So that's really the idea. Now, many, as you asked, many DAOs have become, maybe we could call them fake DAOs, yeah, but less decentralized most of the time, where you've got large venture capital investors, for example, controlling a big chunk of the governance of the voting power, or where a centralized entity, a limited liability company, or something like that has been set up that then makes a lot of the important decisions. And our understanding of a DAO is different from that. So that means the DAO can obviously if it wants to set up companies in the quote-unquote old world, real world, and use those to interact with other players in the old world. But it shouldn't be the other way around. There should not be a centralized company that then controls the DAO, even though maybe on-chain governance wants to go a different direction. The centralized parts can be to it and can go another way. That's really, for us, where we think a DAO should not go. 
where it's more than a DAO, a decentralized in name only entity, but the DAO should stay decentralized and the voting power, the decision-making power should always stay with the people that hold the governance power online, on-chain. That's very interesting. In terms of DAOs are a kind of a new concept. And in the UK, the Law Commission, of course, is looking at how to get DAOs recognized as a distinct form of an entity in the UK. For those who are kind of looking at DAOs for the first time and trying to figure out how they should fit together, do you have anything in particular which you would tell them in terms of how you know a good DAO should work or, or hallmarks be well when you're trying to put together a DAO? Yeah, I've actually, I've actually thought about this quite a lot. For me, a good DAO is basically an association like a football club or you know dog owners or a rabbit breeders association all working towards one common purpose from vastly diverse backgrounds but now completely living on the internet right people from different nations different jurisdictions different continents different time zones all working towards a common goal online with a community and that's in many ways how I see it. So if you want to set up a DAO, I think this can help you think about it. Where I believe incentives are not necessarily well aligned is if a DAO is first and foremost profit seeking for a very small group of owners, because decentralization, of course, suffers then if uh, the goal is profit maximization for, for example, one or two venture capital firms. And there's nothing decentralized about that in my point of view. But if um, a common goal is supposed to be achieved. And this is not new, right? If you look, for example, at the most widely used operating system, that like uh, Linux, that runs on uh, most servers in the world run on Linux, that is completely, uh, to a large extent, decentralized as well, right? With the foundation and associations and contributors from around the world that make sure that the software keeps being updated, new features are released. That has been working surprisingly well for quite a long time. And a good DAO, in my point of view, is very similar to um, how Linux mentioned to become so prevalent. And just kind of conversely, because it's great to hear about sort of the, the good things, but in terms of the flip side of this, what kind of are your biggest challenges at the moment? What's keeping you up at night when, when you're thinking about uh, the sport out? So the idea, I think, um, uh, let's say the idealistic idea that many of us that have been in the space for quite a long time had at the start when it came to setting up these DAOs was, yeah, we've got a lot of uh, people that have a common goal around the world um, that are not located in just one nation. And we all communicate with each other. We're all um, talking to each other. Well, back then it was mostly forums. Then over time it became Discord and Telegram groups. And you know, you have really good friends, you have colleagues that you've never ever met in real life. And the idea was the traditional limited liability company structure was really built with the corporation of the 20th century in mind, with a strong hierarchy, with people mostly being in one place, working on one thing and uh, having clear line manager and staff uh, relationships. And the idea was to rethink this. The idea was to do things on a blank canvas from the bottom up to really be purpose fit for this community of um, colleagues on the internet that have a common goal, but not much else that they share or that have never met each other. And I think what um, I've learned kind of the reality check over the past couple of years working in multiple DAOs is that a lot of things about the traditional setup, also how it's formalized in uh, most places, uh, make a whole lot of sense, right? <laughs> a lot of it has kind of evolved in a natural way. Things like clear separation from uh, board and management, owners and uh, those responsible to execute, 
um, clear relationships, also uh, hierarchies, you know, hierarchies serve a purpose. Situations, of course, can go awry and it can become inefficient, but in most well-running organizations, you have a clear hierarchy, responsibility is not shared, individuals are responsible, and it's very clear who does what. And I think idealism is not a good base for any form of organization. So over time, we all have to learn this hard lesson. For many of the things that are not going well in a traditional corporate organizational environment, a lot are very purpose fit and have been have evolved over time to work well. And there comes a point where you have to accept that and also integrate or reintegrate a lot of the learnings from the traditional company structure and corporate structure back into a DAO to make it work, but still with owners being broadly diversified and broadly distributed and you not knowing most of them, most of them being anonymous. And also just kind of with an eye to the future, do you think DAOs are, are, are the ending of themselves or do you think that you have a broader vision as to the future DeFi in terms of other things? What do you think if you go to your magical crystal ball, do you think going to be coming down the line in, in the kind of the medium to long term? So I do believe that it will be a very hard thing to achieve to have DAOs be accepted in as a, as a solid legal uh, entity where, yeah, most nations, most jurisdictions that have been working in had a somewhat decent understanding of how they treat DAOs, at least in the uh, Germany, Austria, Switzerland region. Um, I know how a DAO is treated. I know how the um, uh, the regulators see DAOs. So that's all right. Uh, we can work with it. But the issue is we have this trend now, especially with the work from home and um, fully digital workplace, basically, where it is a real pain to set up a company in one place and then have employees around the globe because in most countries you have to start registering again as a as an employer you have to start paying social security contributions and it's a lot of overhead if you only have like one or two employees there so a big part of DAOs is to run the association-like structure where it's simply hobbyists and contributors from around the world getting together for a purpose. And this will have to be addressed at some point in the future because I can only see this trend intensifying. It just makes so much sense, right? Where nowadays you might have more in common if you're an engineer with another engineer from another country. Or if you're a lawyer from the UK, for example, you might have more in common with another lawyer from Switzerland than maybe with an engineer from the UK where you spend a lot of time on your job you spend a lot of it um, in course and digitally and you make good friends you find natural colleagues that you would like to do business with that you would like to work with around the globe and bringing a lot of people together in an organization around the globe is highly inefficient as it currently is so only see this trend of um, DAOs being used and DAO-like setups being used for this intensifying but on the legal side bringing this into dry towels I think that will be a big challenge I don't know if that's so easy to solve Thanks, Sam. That's been interesting. I'm afraid that's all we've got time for. If anyone listening would like to reach out to Simon, his email is simon at spool, S-P-O-O-L dot F-I. Thanks for coming on, Simon. It's been fantastic. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to CryptoCast by Gunner Cook. Gunner Cook is a market-leading law firm advising on blockchain, Web3, crypto assets, and DeFi. Our members have been heavily involved helping to shape the legal and regulatory framework for blockchain crypto assets. Our team works across multiple jurisdictions, including Germany and the US. We are the only UK law firm to officially accept payments in crypto. Our client base is more than 150. Before we go, if you enjoyed the episode, 
please leave a review on your podcast service and make sure you're following Cook on social media and sign up to our Kids Cost mailing list on the Gunnicott website. Thank you for listening.